the capital of Canada, you're listening to The Album Drop on CHUO 89.1 FM. That's a record. Their new album. Drop, drop, drop. New and excitingly different. And they keep dropping, dropping. Drop it like it's hot. You could drop on back. Drop dead sex. And then come those words we have all waited so long to hear. Your weekly look at the new release shelf begins right now. Here's Phil Shirakawa. And another episode of the album drop is on the air. Good afternoon. Thank you for being a part of it. We are absolutely filled to the brim with awesomeness this week. You've picked the right week if you've never heard this show before. That's right, Colin. We got so much going on today, including brand new music from Chaos. We're also going to play a couple tracks off of Art Angels, the new record from Grimes, which I must tell you is fantastic. We're also going to be taking a look at what happened this week amongst the business that we call music. It's called the Music Meltdown. We do it every week. That's coming up later this hour. In addition to that, we'll take a look back in the past at this week in music history. It's a fun segment. I think you're going to dig it if you haven't heard it before. If that wasn't enough, in approximately 12 minutes from now, Hoxley Workman will be calling the hotline here in the studio. And we're going to talk about his latest record, in addition to his show coming up this weekend at the Bronson Center, and whatever else he feels like talking about, because he's Hoxley Workman. So, you know, I'm... You know, I'm not going to say, let's just focus on your record, because that would be silly. So that's all coming up today. You do not want to miss a moment of it. Right off the top, as promised, brand new music from Chaos. Album number six. It's called Can't Fly With Gravity. And it's been on shelves for a couple of weeks now. And if you've ever seen Kevin live, or if you've heard his singles, or maybe you've, you know, heard couple of his records or whatever, then you have a pretty good idea what to expect. The guy is primarily a hip-hop artist, but he, he does a very good job of not fitting into a box. You know, you want to talk about a guy who likes to rap, who likes to do, you know, folky stuff, who can rock out. I, if you ever see him live, the guy is a multi-instrumentalist. Uh, at, the, at one show I saw him, he was playing guitar, he was playing drums, he went behind the turntable a little bit, and this is in like a 45-minute set. Super high energy, too. Um, just, I can't say enough positive things about Chaos's live show. Nor can I say enough positive things about Can't Fly with Gra- Without Gravity. The first half of the record is really cool because it's a more traditional hip-hop record. There's a couple of, a couple of interludes, a couple of longer tracks. And then somewhere around the halfway point, he remembers that he has a really awesome band behind him. And they kind of take it from there. We're going to start off with one of those tunes. It's called Dance in Your Car. It's brand new stuff from Chaos, and it's on the album drop, CHUO 89.1 FM. Yeah. 
CHUO 89.1 FM.
Facebook, Twitter, CHUO, we're everywhere. Who else but the album drop? Now, I'm sure that most of you know the old story about the astronaut who went far out into space and was asked on his return whether he had been to heaven and seen God. And he said yes. And so they said to him, well, what about God? And he said, she is black. And although this is a very well-known and well-worn story, it is very profound. Because, because, I tell you, Go ahead, metal in the melanin. Black man, black woman, black baby. Black man, white woman, black baby. White man, black woman, black baby. Nah, I ain't racist, but the numbers cry. Say cheese, pose for the photo. Socks doing the promo in slow mo. You see him blacker than a Rolo. Moi, my wife have Italian. Lady in the street, but in the room she cut like a stallion. Nigga, close your eyes and respect your woman. It's all ice cream, boy. Take your pick up in the ice cream store. Word to my nigga Meth and Chef for showing us that. Left, right, left, hope burns in the undercurrent of every eve in the jungle. Concrete or foreign, it's all sweet and burning. Still black girl birth to earth. Do the knowledge, concrete or college. And pass, 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 pass. Hey yo, black is the new black. Born blue, black, black at the belly, sweet of the curves coming out the back. Damn! Michael Jackson, light skin, but he too black. MTV knew that. A black ass on Kim Kardashian. 30 minutes in Jamaica, make you turn black fast. Either you smoking dope, trying to find Bob Marley, or you drinking rum with the black coat. Black folk, racist against black folk. Come out the sun, I don't want you to get dark, no matter where you're from. Go James Brown, feel me? Black and proud. When you stand up for yourself, they call you black and loud. If you're too black, white folks will black you out. Black ball, you from the industry, only niggas allowed. Bill Clinton was a black man. Loved by the left, persecuted by the right hand. A short skirt magnet, a full stop for these girls coming with some baggage. Full stop when the shock steps up on the stage and he smash it. Yeah, I hit the stage harder when the ill flow steps up. You put your $40 shots up. I'm spitting in an old cup. I don't need your movements. I'll be here till your grandkids get gray hairs. Need the spot like the sun's in the air. Go hard like my rent four months in the rear. See, my papa was a rolling stone. I became a chip off the block. Now I was just rolling my own. Full steam down the hill. Anything in front getting smoked like a fat ass blunt. Yeah. Against the monster. He's cool as his homies that'll haunt you. Forever relevant, king reign for president, embassy in the stars, currently earth resident. A 40 year old, just lime, no ice with it. The one to give you the gun and advice with it. Four move blitz, checkmate and concise with it. I'm calling the scene in the early like a fight with it. My lyrics stretch your health with it. Talk shit is how you get got, I get it. OG consultation is thousand dollars a minute. I may weather the storm, I'm good business. From Sam D to Sam D, nice with it. Taking out your suckers and you don't know how I did it. The story sounds cooked up. Catfish in it. She won't take the picture as long as that bitch in it. Never say die, guy. Mr. Howie's always been. I can't tell the difference because I've always been a better man. Biggest fan looking back, feeling like I never lived. You only live forever, but you probably won't remember it. We all want to be royal on some large shit. I don't want up now. Let's record this. 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 Record
Record this half rap God, half face God, slash praise God. I don't gotta get a day job. Say la. They say nah. I should be paid like A-Rod to taking vacays up in Cape Cod. I'm saying nah. I should be paid all the baseball total. Taking vacays on the space odyssey. Playing A-Yah during takeoff. Or space oddity and some K-Dot. Out of space hitting space bar. Spitting space bars. From the heavens seen the great stars. Resting from Nate Dog to Trayvon. Chaos and Shaq King on the same John. Talking sharp as a shark's radar. Talking sharp as a blade on Braveheart. As the blades on skates, it's a blaze sharp shape. Not sharp as the same blade blade got. Lyrically, I break laws worse than Bernie Madoff when he trades stocks. I wipe the smirk on your face off with a J-cloth full of mace. Night talking on them great songs. I leave the beat slain, tossed in a grave plot. Want a bad guy to pray hard and have a seance straight gone. Go black, black, my out of sight light blows. Black, 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 curly nap from the Appalachian. Revelation for your radio station. Patience, everything you do following nature. Major, baby, you can shake your money, baker. Take a flight, Trinidad to Jamaica. Mash up the dance, be a lover, not a heater. Fuck that, I'm running over rappers, that's that. I got a baseball bat in my backpack. Settle down, just chill with the violence. I'm freestyling, I'm wildin', I'm wildin', I'm wildin'. Once upon a time was a man named Joe He didn't ask questions cause he didn't wanna know And when the yin yang made rap say yo He realized he knew he had to go Out I stole the pen from boys to men like Michael Bivins You suckers are keeping the weakest, the fakest opinion I'm bringing the fitness Three in a row from Chaos And it's here on the album drop CHUO 89.1 FM That one was called Boys to Men And it featured Socrates, Shad, Cardinal, Fishel, Chocler And King Rain Before that we heard Turn Me Loose, the uh, second single off the record, the first one, Dance In Your Car, was the first one that we played, and all three are from the record, Can't Fly Without Gravity, available online and in stores now through Dine Alone Records. This is the album drop at CHUO 89.1 FM. I'm Phil Shurikawa. With me, as always, is Colin, in case you hear somebody humming, hooing, and on. And joining us over the telephone, singer, songwriter, entertainer extraordinaire, Hoxley Workman. Good afternoon. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for being here today, sir. Ah, it's nice to join both you, you fellows over there. Well, we, we're, we're more than happy to have you. <laughs> and and you, have the, you have the number now, so you're welcome to call back anytime. Oh, good, good. <laughs> I tell you, if you came on unannounced, that would just uh, be fantastic for my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and we're all trying to grow our Twitters these days. Well, you know, I mean, what, how else are people going to know you're cool unless you have people following you? Yeah, it's true. You know, I heard a thing on the on the CBC just the other day about like I never even considered that teenage kids now can quantify their relative popularity by how many followers they have. And I thought, oh lord, being a teenager just doesn't seem to be getting any easier. You know? Well, before it was sub- <gasps> it was subjective. Now there's an actual proof, right? So <laughs> I guess, but seems preposterous. Anyway. Well, you know, if you if you need someone to tell you you're cool, you're obviously not cool. Everybody knows that. <laughs> uh, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I don't ever feel particularly cool, but I know for a fact that I'm not. So it's like a for me, it's it's a it's a moot point, you know. Well, I, I don't want to tell you you're wrong here, but I feel like I, I could make a pretty strong argument for my side. But <laughs> I think I know really if we're like cool in terms of, I feel like I know cool people, and I feel like. They're a particular breed with particular 
sort of DNA structure, and um, some of them are cool and, and to an annoying degree, and then some are cool in that still-down-to-earth way. But they all have a certain sort of arrangement of cells and, and an order with which they approach the world. I, think, I don't think I'm quite like that. I think, uh, and like I was saying to you just off air, that I'm poking around with these long steel poles trying to find uh, my septic tank lid, and I don't know. That, that feels more like right up my alley, you know, less cool, more practicality. Well, that, that, that's, that's a fair point you bring up. I mean, there's nothing cool about septic tanks. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I, aside from the way it feels this time of the year, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. <laughs> now, for anybody who's uh, unaware, you're coming to Ottawa this weekend. You're going to be playing the Bronson Center on Friday night. Tickets are still available at all the usual locations. And I feel like your, your latest record, Old Cheetah, is the kind of record that would actually work well in a hall with seats, kind of like the Bronson Center. How do, you, how do you feel about playing those soft seat arenas? <clears throat> They're, um, you know, when you're young and you're starting out and you're playing in horrible clubs and, uh, you know, you're going on at midnight because that's what the club owner it demands because, you know, that club owner wants to sell more beer. And so you're sort of living this peculiar nocturnal existence, which for me is totally, it, it goes against all, everything that my body wants to do. So we, Are you, you a morning dream, guy? You dream of, of being able to enter into sort of soft cedar sit-down places. And, um, you know, I've been lucky to exist kind of in those realms for a while now. And then when I was out with Mounties, again, a, young, a new band, not a young band, but a new band, and we are back to going on stage at 11 o'clock at night or 11.30, and it's, you know, smaller clubs, people standing up. There's definitely something fun about that still. There's something fun about the later nights, the boozier crowds, the, the, the standing up as, you know, as indication of a willingness to have the body move in, you know, in sexual ways as in responding to rock music. Sit down is more respectful to the audience. I find it, it's a gentler feeling in the room. And, um, I mean, I, I've probably given you more than you cared to hear about those kinds of scientific thoughts about performing. But I, the minutiae to me, there's, they kind of weigh each other out. The small club and the large theater, having done years of both, I sort of feel like both are cool. I've played the Bronson Center several times. And I'm, I always say that Ottawa has a fairly libidinous audience. Like, they're a very sexually uh, bubbly type audience, uh, which I don't know if that's, <clears throat> you know, if, if that's what you'd expect in a government town or if there's sort of always an ongoing sort of uh, pro- properness that has to be conducted at work, and so there's just that little bit extra randiness when it comes showtime. But I've always found Ottawa to be very randy crowd. Well, when the numbers came out this year, this was the the city in Canada with the highest percentage of Ashley Madison users. So, you are know, you serious? It wasn't even close. So take from that what you will. But I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. So, so you mean my gut radar is potentially maybe has been sort of I could I could have been right all these years with this assessment. I, I think that's called the sex star. But absolutely. <laughs> Well, better than the Death Star, you know what I mean? Oh, I would say so. Now, you, you, you talked a little bit about Mount, Mounties, and uh, on um, Old Cheetah, you, you, uh, you work with Steve Bays again. Yeah. Um, 
this is I guess this is two records in a row with him. There's there, there's there's something there, right? It's, you guys kind of click or something like that. We're pals, yeah, and we definitely click. We're um, <clears throat> I think you know the the vessel that the the parts of me that that make me kind of special about music are and the part and like Steve has a whole different set of special bits, if you know what I mean. Like I feel like we don't color over each other's lines. Um, we bring very, very specific and different things to music. And when we were talking earlier about cool, like Steve is one of those guys who's just effortlessly cool, like, which is how I know how to compare, you know, like <clears throat> where, and we're just real buddies. Um, and I think early on, you know, we had sort of talked to each other a little bit about how we'd admired each other's work a bit from afar, uh, you know, Steve has been very kind to divulge his his affections for my early records and how important they were to him in Hot Hot Heat in the early days. And, and I remember the very second that I heard Bandages come on the radio, <clears throat> and I thought to myself, like, I'm, I mean, I'm so competitive, I must admit, I thought to myself, who, who the hell is this? Like, <laughs> I really smelled a guy who was in it to win it, and like, you know... Steve Bays sort of started a, a bit of a musical genre in a way. A lot of people got rich off his sound. You know, I I would imagine Brandon Flowers and uh, and the Killers, if there was any justice in the world, should be cutting Steve Bays checks for the rest of eternity. And Franz Ferdinand too. There, he just came out of the radio like a, a you know it was he was on fire. So, anyways, we we were able some years ago to chit chat a little bit about you know how how much we kind of regarded each other and which led to us sort of having a little chat that one day we would start a band and one day maybe he would work on a record with me and you know old cheetah for steve is 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 in a way like how he has always seen my music so you really get a lens on the the things the parts of me that he was more interested in highlighting you know sort of the wilder more cabaret side i think and we were on the heels <clears throat> of doing the Mounties record. So all of the sort of boozy, like just the boozy gushing that, w- that made Thrash Rock legacy, I knew that I was kind of still in the, in the, <clears throat> in the uh, I was still in the mood from that record. I still possessed some of the swagger from that record. And so... We just wanted to make something quick before I lost it, you know, and and that's how sort of you know inspirational seasons come and go. <clears throat> you're always working, but you know you're 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 working under different weather conditions, you know, inner weather conditions creatively. And I just knew that you're not you don't get to walk around with Mountie swagger forever, you know. Um, so I definitely so Steve and I came in and, and we definitely were sniffing off the, the Mountie's glue for sure. All right. Now, from what I understand, the the Mounties record was kind of made with the three guys just kind of jamming stuff out and kind of seeing where it took you. Would it yep. be would it be fair to assume then that uh, Old Cheetah, uh, you you kind of went in there with a little bit more of an idea of where you wanted to end up? Not at all. <clears throat> oh, okay. <clears throat> we went in and did the same thing. To be honest with you, it was a lot of improvised stuff. I probably brought three completed songs to the record and you'd probably be able to pick them out. They're the ones that resemble the most traditionally kind of written songs, you know, like 
where you can tell there's been some thought put into tra- harmonic transitions and stuff like that. Whereas the bulk of the old cheetah was, was really improvised live off the floor. Um, some songs on old cheetah even had improvised lyrics off the floor. Off the top of my head, I can think of um, Special Pride and um, um, Teenage Cats were both just free improv right into the mic, and that's what you hear on the record. And that's me trying to, I mean, I'm a Jay-Z fanatic, and, and I'm kind of always trying to get close to his level of, of lyrical prowess, where you can kind of come up with something that has balance, rhythm, rhyme, vibe, but not have to sit down and write it. So um, we work those muscles out a lot with Mounties as well, just trying to come up with lyrics as fast as possible, because with those two guys, the first guy with the hook usually wins, you know, and we're so competitive that we're all shooting to be the first one with the lyric, you know? Absolutely. And, I mean, you don't want to be the guy who sings the least number of hooks on a, on a big record like that. <laughs> it's like you've peered into our session and know exactly how it feels. Yes, you're right. Well, I mean, all three of you guys are, you know, pretty pretty accomplished songwriters. So, I mean, it's, you know, who, who, who gets top billing? The guy with the most hooks. Um, <laughs> So true. Now, now, moving away from hooks almost completely, I, I, I would have to assume, but I haven't seen it, so I can't confirm this. I want to ask about your one-man cabaret show, The God That Comes. Yep. How did that come to be, and is it something you're still performing? It's something I'm still performing, yeah. It, it, we take it to uh, New York in January, and New Zealand and Australia, February and March. Um, that started with um, a very young... Christian Berry from uh, uh, from Halifax. Uh, he has a theater company called 2B, and I was a very young rock and roll guy. And this goes back ten or see longer now. It's almost fifteen years. He met me backstage at a show in Montreal. He was going to the National Theater School, and he said, "I want to do a, a show with you one day." And you know, uh, we were both young and busy with our careers and stuff. And and I think too, like when you're when you're younger and a bit of a going concern, there's always people coming out of the woodwork who want to do something with you, you know? So you, you, you kind of galvanize yourself a little bit anyways. But fast forward um, 10 years from that time <clears throat> and a couple of ideas, and Christian sent me the idea of, of rewriting a rock and roll cabaret musical version of the back eye, which... Um, I, you know, I'm not a theater guy. I don't really, I, I didn't study plays. I didn't really know what it was until I read it. <clears throat> and we knew we wanted to make a political play. We knew that we wanted it to be brash. And writing a play about the god of wine and sex as it applied to this grumpy king who wanted to lord over his population and hated people having fun, it seemed to sort of speak ra- speak rather clearly of... Uh, of a certain political situation Canada found itself in. So it, it just excited me all of a sudden that we could artfully approach um, making a, a political piece, and I wouldn't have to sort of necessarily pollute my, my pop music side of things, which is not to say that I'm, I, there's always a political song every record, but people have become so glib about it, you know? Like you'll hear somebody glibly say, oh, nobody's singing protest music anymore. And then when you put a protest song on, they get glib about that, too. So, oh, why is this guy doing protest songs? Exactly, exactly. exactly. Who does this guy get off doing a protest song? And it's like, 
I mean, you can't please people with too much time on their hands. As my grandpa used to say, he was a carpenter, and he said, never show an asshole an unfinished job. It's the same thing, you know. <laughs> well, it'd be good. The cabinet would be good if you just painted it. It's like, well, it will be painted. You know, like, we can just, you need to use your imagination here, folks. But with a play, it just found like, you know, <clears throat> I could fly under the radar. You know, in theater, as I found out, there's nobody with the delusion of riches and grandeur. Like, there still is in music. You're still, the, the, the business is still polluted with people who believe there's a million dollars at the end of some kind of rainbow, if you can find it. And in theater, people are making theater for the love of theater. So all of a sudden, I was in a whole new realm, like with a whole new set of people and a whole new set of instincts. And it, it'll, you know, it really awakened me. And, um, I mean, we've taken the play all over um, uh, Europe and a little bit in the U.S. That continues to kind of find its footing. But the play seems to have legs, and it doesn't seem to be going away. Um, and it did a lot for, for my soul to be, to be outperforming it. Um, the characters that I play are so gregarious and some of them grotesque and it's it's just a i find that if i do the play for longer than a two or three week run i start to kind of go crazy with it because you you have to live in an altered state a lot of the time and um i'm not used to that kind of thing so you're a method actor i wouldn't say that um (laughs) well my methods require like a certain amount of wine before the show like i have to i get into character by sort of finding finding that buzz you know okay i get that um i i have one more question before i uh, i let you go and it, it's in regards to the distribution of music because i noticed that your record's on spotify and i noticed that six shooter has the record up on their soundcloud account and then now the the you know the 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 old school business guy in me says isn't that counterproductive to the business of selling records it is to me <clears throat> i think modernity is a total farce um and I think these, I think the internet is a total farce, and I think the internet has served somewhat conspiratorially to remove work from smart people um, and remove the opportunity for smart people to make things. Because what the internet uh, did in its faux democratization of this kind of thing was, it seems like writers, thinkers, filmmakers, musicians, artists in general, that they were the first to suffer from from this wonderful miracle called the Internet. Um, I, I certainly don't know if my music is on Spotify. I certainly don't know if it's on SoundCloud. I just know that the business has taken such a beating, and there were so many big players who, within, as, informed by their hubris, thought, I think that this problem was just going to go away, or that they could litigate it away. Um, I think that, you know, I... I, I left iTunes last year behind. I, to me, the, this modern miracle of the Internet and iTunes, I was listening to less music and not more music. And so around our house, we started to buy CDs again. And, and lo and behold, you know, the, the act of, me, of listening to music becomes ritualized again. Um, I, I just think it's better. And it, crazily, I can't believe as a young... You know, as a guy who was once a young engineer poo-pooing the sound of digital media and poo-pooing the sound of CDs, CDs sound godlike as compared to what you download from iTunes. 
Um, and so I know I sound like a grump, and I have recently wondered if my absolutist stance on these things and my unwillingness to learn about these technologies and to bring them into my life, if in fact all these kids are leaving me behind and here I am left wallowing, you know, I don't know what, count, uh, you know, counting beans before I put them in my soup and while the rest of, rest of modernity scoots away on a Tesla listening to their MP3s, I don't really know, but how does it, well, the businessman in you is the businessman in me, guy. Like, I think it's total bull, but it is what it is, and the music business is in full retreat. Um, a lot of decisions to just acquiesce and have the machine walk over. The music, music is not humanity's current cultural fixation. It's not, the, it's not what we choose first and foremost to entertain ourselves. We have video games, movies, Netflix, and such. They, they are far further up the list nowadays than music. Not, it's not like 1980 when I went into the Eden store to see Breakfast in America front racked the moment I walked in the shop, you know. We're living in a time where music is just is an accidental accoutrement to our, the lives we live. So the importance of music has shifted for, for, the, for the majority of people. It's, it's real sad. It's real sad, and, you know, like I see these battles of Uber and all these things that, in my mind, seek to diminish, um, seek to diminish the value of people's work, which I know is, a, is probably a heresy, and there's young people going, who is this old fart talking about this stuff? But <clears throat> to be undercutting prices on absolutely everything and to have the whole world chasing a penny is fundamentally kind of goes against my my instincts but you know i lived in france for a good long while and they guard certain parts of their uh their commercial institutions very carefully if you go to a tobacco you can buy a coffee tobacco and you can buy matches and only occasionally can you buy stamps and if you want to buy a newspaper you go to a newspapery and you can buy newspapers magazines and that's it um, if you want, you follow what I'm saying? Like that Absolutely. they've regarded these these people's work as official, you know, uh, official social status in our in our communities. And anyways, I know I'm sounding like an old grump, but I'm with you. Uh, the 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 free transference of music and the total gutting of what you know of what we all know was a disgusting industry. It was a, it was gangsterism, but. For the, for the little players like me and most of the people in the Canadian music business, I, I don't see any benefit at all to it. You know, there's two things there that you said that really that really got me. One of them was, you know, mo it made me think that most of our listeners have never been or don't know what the hell an Eaton's is. Um, <laughs> and second of all, considering the numbers on vinyl sales over the last five years, you're not the only person who feels that way. <clears throat> yeah, I mean... We know that vinyl is a nice, it's, it's, we know that it's, I think, of all the, the formats that music has been made commercial on, it's still the best, it's still the war warmest, it's still the thing that connects uh, with us in, in the most human way possible. But it's certainly not going to save the music business. You know, I know that, that there are, the numbers are, from time to time, are encouraging but certainly not encouraging enough. At the end of the day, they still suck. What? They still suck? 
I mean, you know what? It's, it's, it's great that it's up, you know, 700% over the last 10 years, but it was dead. So now it's almost alive. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I appreciate the whole movement and the sensationalism behind people getting into vinyl, but it's, it's not going to save the business. And you, like no. you just said it, and, and you're, you're an active working musician. So <laughs> if you don't even think it's going to save the business, then how the heck can anybody else think it? Well, man, like I said, you know, I still embody uh, and seek to embody a great deal of buoyancy and positivity as I approach this this work. I've been in the business for I don't know 16 years now, and and I've been I I I, I got a rather large record deal in the in the very early 2000s. So I know I know what that part of the business looks like. I know you know when you're part of the star making machine, like and people are are greasing all the parts and, and trying to launch you into the stratosphere. I know what all that looks like and <clears throat> what, a, what an uh, 100% absurd and trying, you know, p- place that is to be. And then I've been on the very extreme other side of knowing indie very, very well and having sort of maintained an indie career all these years, knowing the, the, the parts that I need to keep in tune, like you know what what is the the fuel that 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 makes my motor run and <clears throat> while the business has been complaining a lot of old people who just want to go back to the old rules they're they're the cry is well we need new rules and the unfortunate thing is is that as we live in a life hack obsessed you know technological time once there even seems to be a set of new rules for the music business on the horizon, they're gone the next day. I remember back when I was signed to a major um, ringtones. That was the, the murmur within the record company building was ringtones. Ringtones were going to save us all. And I remember having a serious sit-down with some folks at the label who said, you know, Hawk, if you, you know, maybe you could think about writing a song that you could imagine that would make a great ringtone. And I just thought, wow, like, I already felt like the battle was lost. Because if we were already trying to shoot at the most preposterous duck in the sky, I'd think, well, I, <laughs> I think there could be other options here. But, you know, it, it was, it was, the, it was the, the shiny golden egg at the time, and, and it quickly disappeared. Like, I think that the technology came in so quick, and the business was stacked with so much old thinking. It just didn't adapt, and it, it just couldn't act smart in the face of this brand-new, swaggering technology. So there wasn't, there wasn't a whole bunch of residuals that came in off Smoke Baby ringtones? <laughs> Not that I recall, no. <laughs> 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 but heck, <clears throat> if there's somebody out there that thinks they want to dig, then fine. We, we can work out a percentage cut, but no. And you see what I mean? Like there was like these, 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 these glimmers would sort of combine. Everybody was so desperate because it was a business that it, the music business for a long time was a license to print money, especially when formats were changing. And you know, if you got to resell Dark Side of the Moon, except you didn't have to pay for it to be made again, you know, that's like I don't know what that's like. That's like. You know, it's planting a money tree. Eggs, but you only ever had to lay one. If you sold Dark Side of the Moon on vinyl, on cassette, and on CD, you only ever had to pay for it to be made once. It was, there was a long time that the music business really enjoyed 
grinding its customers down, you know, by reselling them formats and reselling them formats that were, you know, remastered formats on formats. And so all of a sudden you have the business making tons of money without there being any, you know, any need to outlay cash at the time. You could just keep repackaging Beatles, Rolling Stones, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, um, and everything was going to be fine. You have to promise me the next time you come to town, uh, we could do this again, because I feel like I could talk to you about this business all day, and we wouldn't cover the same piece of ground twice. Well, I hope that I, you know, I, I'm, I hope I haven't sounded too negative, because I'm really excited about a lot of stuff. Mounties, the God that comes, like, you know, what I think creative people should be worried about these days is just keep making stuff. Like, it's the only it's the only thing I can see that works for me and my business side of what I do is that if I keep making good things, I seem to keep having a job. So for the folks who are, who are crying foul and want to create new business structures that sort of lean more favorably in their directions and stuff, that's fine. But I sort of feel my time is a lot better spent out playing music and still engaging with people putting out records, and just continuing to be creative. It's, to me, it's the only antidote to what is going on that I find that continues to work. Well, you know, I, I, I think you hit it on the head there. I, um, I, I want to remind everybody that Friday night you'll be at the Bronson Center. Tickets yeah. are still available. Uh, not many from what I understand, but there are some. Cool. Um, you pick them up in all the usual places. Um, Hoxie Workman, thank you so much for joining us on the album drop today. Oh, man, I'm so geeked that we chatted. I, I, again, I hope I haven't left the, uh, with a bad taste in your mouth. I, I really am a joyful person. You know, it could have been all of that septic tank cover look, looking for. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man, you have my number. You, we do the show every Tuesday at 3 p.m. You can call me anytime and we can do this again. Well, just arrange it with Jennifer, and because and I, I forget a lot of those things, but I would talk. I love talking music. Well, all right, and then then this is not the end of Phil, of Phil and Hoxley chat music. Okay, <laughs> I love it. Beautiful. Now, I'm going to play a two and a half old cheetah. Is it cool if I play Winterbird? Oh, totally. All right. Well, here it is, Hoxley Workman. It's on the album drop, CHUO 89.1 FM.
from a record called Old Cheetah. Brand new stuff from Hoxley Workman. It's called Winterbird, and it's on the album drop CHU 89.1 FM. And our thanks to Hoxley for calling in and getting a lot of stuff off of his chest. Friday night at the Bronson Center, there are a few tickets left for the show. Pick them up at the place where you normally pick up tickets in this town. The album drop continues right now here on CHUO 89.1 FM. Here's your host, Phil Shurikawa. He used to call me on the cell phone. Laying out when you need my love. Call me on my cell phone. Laying out when you need my love. That's right, folks. I am available for, for weddings, bar mitzvahs and any other service that you may require. I gotta do Drake covers. This is the album drop, CHO 89.1 FM. And there's only a couple minutes left uh, in the program today, so I'm going to ask you now to bear with me as we take a look back through the archives of time and share with you a little something I've put together here. And now the only radio segment guaranteed to make you look cooler at a party Let's take a look at what happened this week in music history. And we start November 4th, 2013. Rihanna joined Elvis and the Beatles as the only artists to top the UK singles charts in seven different years. The tune that did it for her was this one. And you think I'm crazy, yeah, you think I'm crazy, crazy. I wanted the fame, but not the cover of Newsweek. Oh, well, guess they- November 5th, 1995. Garbage played their first show. I'm only happy when it rains I'm only happy when it's complicated The band was and continues to be led by Butch Vig, who is also an accomplished record producer. I mean, he produced Nevermind, for God's sake. Ten years later, influential surf rock guitarist Link Ray passed away at 76. He's credited with inventing a fuzzy guitar sound after punching a hole in the speaker and playing through it. November 6, 1975, these guys played their first gig. I am an I am an That's the Sex Pistols, and the show lasted exactly 10 minutes long. Five years before that, another influential band played their first gig, Aerosmith. November 8, 1971. Led Zeppelin released Zeppelin 4. You kids out there, that's the record with this song. There's a lady who's sure All it glitters is gold And she's buying the stairway to when she gets And there's November 9th. November 9th was an absolutely crazy day in rock history. We'll start all the way back in 1955. The Everly Brothers made their first studio recordings. It was at the old Tulane Hotel Studios in Nashville, and they put down four tracks in just under 22 minutes. Moving ahead to 1961, at a lunchtime show in Liverpool's famous Cavern Club, entertainment manager Brian Epstein saw a young band that he wanted to take under his wing. It was these guys. And Bobby A couple years later, 1967, Rolling Stone magazine was published for the first time. Now, that first issue that hit the stands on what was probably a foggy morning in San Francisco had a picture of John Lennon on the cover, and it came with a free roach clip. 
Influences for the name include the Bob Dylan song and that R&B band from the UK. Two years after that, 1969, keep in mind this is all November the 9th, Simon and Garfunkel recorded what came to be known as their signature tune. called Bridge Over Troubled Waters. It won five Grammys, including Record of the Year and Song of the Year. Paul Simon later said one of his greatest regrets throughout his career was insisting that it be sung by Art Garfunkel. And in 1974, BTO went to number one with You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. So, you know the way Randy Bachman sings that tune? This way? That wasn't how the tune was written. It was actually just Bachman goofing off. And imitating his brother Gary who had a speech impediment it was the idea was what if Gary was singing it the label liked the demo version with the impression of Gary better than the the good version the band sent in and they released that as a single so 40 plus years later Backman still has to sing it like that so I guess the joke's on him you don't know where you're going if you don't know where you've been this has been this week in music history just about out of time here for another edition of the album drop I want to play you just a little taste of the new Grimes record. We'll get into it in more detail next week. The record is called Art Angels. It's out now on 4AD, and it's so good. It's just, it gets me. For Colin, I'm Phil Shurikawa. This has been the album drop, and we leave you with a little bit of flesh without blood. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Till then, have a great week.
Thanks for listening. Bye. Have a beautiful time. Smell you later. I'll be back. For more information, check out thealbumdrop.ca. This whole thing has gone on long enough. When will this insanity end? Can I finish? Please, can I finish? We'll be back next week on CHUO 89.1 FM. Okay, I'm finished.